Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, Doug, how was your Easter? It was good. It, it was good because Christ is risen. Yeah. He's risen indeed, and uh, it is Easter Monday, and uh, in fact, I think some places may even have today off. I, I know the kids were out of school. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. out. You were off today. Um, St. John's and um, Duval. Duval were off, um, but uh, yeah, it's Resurrection Monday, which is a, a good thing. We've, you know, the gospel was preached in more churches probably, I don't know, how accurate it was <laughs> preached in a lot of churches, but uh, at least where I heard it, it was the gospel was proclaimed yesterday in a lot of places, and uh, it was uh, it was a good weekend to celebrate. Um, it's not about the Easter bunny, not about the Easter eggs. It's about the resurrection. In fact, this week, this is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to kind of take a little break from Acts this week, and we're going to go to Luke 24 for the rest of the week. But there's a couple of things in the news that uh, I think our listeners might be um, interested in. One, there was a case up in, I believe, Ohio, where a professor refused to use a gender uh, pronoun that somebody wanted versus what they actually were. In other words, he told the truth. He And, and all he said was, yes, sir, when this trans, um, it was a boy who said he was a girl, asked a question. And the professor said, yes, sir. And it was offensive, and they tried to make him change it. He wouldn't change it. So um, I think he was terminated uh, up there, but ends up getting a $400,000 plus his legal bills paid for settlement from the school and is vindicated because he told the truth. I mean, think, I mean, how crazy is that that uh, he was fired because he refused to use a gender pronoun that somebody desired uh, and again this is the crazy time that we are there was we didn't get to talk about it on thursday because we obviously we didn't meet last thursday and friday on the radio well uh, by the way i don't know if you heard john mazel it was a great it was a replay from five years ago it was just really good if you if you have not heard john mazel I go to SWATradio.com, just put in John Maisel, M-A-I-S-E-L. Uh, John is a very gifted evangelist, and he, he is uh, in his 80s now, but he was one of my mentors and is uh, just a great, great uh, share of the gospel. And uh, it's very, very engaging, and God's used him in a lot of ways, and so it was great to have that replay on. But um, over in England... Uh, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, which is effectively the head of all Episcopal churches, mm-hmm. or at least the Anglican churches, um, made this statement last week, becoming transgender, a sacred journey of becoming whole. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> now, 
he's retired and he's no longer the archbishop, but yet he's still the former head of the church there. I mean, not the head of the church, but the under shepherd mm-hmm. underneath, obviously. But I mean, I think the the Anglican Church went off a long time ago in a lot of places when they started ordaining homosexuals and other stuff. But think about it. What I mean, this guy was the head of all. He was the final say on all theological arguments as it relates to that, and that's what he said. Um, uh, he also said conversion to Christianity is the event or process by which a person responds joyfully to the glorious embrace of the eternal loving and ever merciful God. And it has nothing to do with conversion therapy. Um, I mean, uh, it's like... Because he was speaking out about the conversion therapy. And by the way, uh, any believer, any true believer should realize and know, and most, I think, do if they're true believers, that conversion happens by the Holy Spirit, not by any man-made rules or, or regulations. And so, but he he just, uh, he's, he's into identity politics is what he's doing. And it's just really sad because... It's it's just fallen right in with the the cultural left, the cultural progressives, who rewrite scripture and forget Romans one. Mm. They just literally might as well rip that page out of their Bible and a lot of others. Yeah. So I just saw that, and uh, but I was glad the courts ruled for that one guy up in Ohio. Hopefully, they will start to make sense. Another area that they just at least a judge in Florida just ruled that the mask mandate on air transportation and public transportation is invalid, Mm -hmm. which I applaud that. Yay. Yay. The judge did it, but we'll see what happens with it. Um, I I just kind of wish everybody would just stop wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, listen, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But I'm just saying if the people who don't want to wear one would just say, hey, we're not wearing one anymore. What are they going to do? They're going to put everybody in jail. I mean, literally, if everybody goes on a plane, they're not going to empty a plane and do that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, that, monetarily, that'd be bad for them. I don't know. Did you see that video of Ilian Omar posted of Christian singing on a plane? Um, kind of, she said something about her faith, but the reason I bring it up is no one was wearing a mask on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of surprised because you know that's something. So that that crew, I guess, must have been a little bit more relaxed. But yeah, I was like, oh man, so. Maybe things are loosening up in even the airlines. Uh, yeah, I think view. they are. My Lori just got back from uh, Missouri, and she said they were very relaxed about it. They weren't mm. telling you, hey, you need to get your mask up and all this stuff. In fact, Delta just changed their policy because they were charging $200 for anybody that was not vaxxed an extra $200 what? out of their paycheck. Oh, oh! I mean, I didn't know out of their paycheck to fly. No, 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 not okay. to fly, but but like employees mm. to pay for insurance, and they just reversed that. So that's another big thing. Hey, also uh, last week uh, a big deal. A lot. I mean, some places carried it, but Ukraine sunk the Moskva, which mm-hmm. was a that's a that's like their flagship yeah. of the that area up there. That was a big deal. It was a guided missile cruiser. And um, and the Russian government said it was not the Ukrainians that did it, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, they uh, they hit it, and then, you know, as it was getting towed to port, it, it did sink and went all the way down. And, uh, yeah, that's huge. And, you know, that's almost like uh, the the Bismarck or something. They had <laughs> big national significance. And you would imagine uh, that the escalation and the blowback from that is going to be probably pretty well, fierce. And, and, and that's, well, you know, they bombed Lviv today. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think because they sunk that ship now putin looks really bad and he can't afford to look bad yeah they they had some you know they had been not you know using some of their big time bombers and and uh, uh certain jets and i think today they they brought them out for the first time in response to that or maybe it was yesterday and so yeah you, you would expect to see things heating up i saw something too about um some ukrainian soldiers uh murdering some uh captives uh did you see that today no I yeah didn't. there's a there's a video out uh, of that and it's like oh man that's... It, is it you what do you think it was true yeah, yeah. i mean it, it appears you know from uh accounts that it was ukrainian soldiers or ukrainian speaking people that did it yeah well um you know um the there was one quote from the marine commander down in mary mary mariupol um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that it's this is he told the pope this is what hell on earth looks like mm. because it pretty much was a scorched earth policy and so um anyway um i we need to continue to pray for uh believers uh to be a voice for hope over there we need to pray that um that uh, god would give uh, leaders wisdom war is just an awful thing there's just nothing i mean you know that that phrase all's fair in love and war when you're fighting a war both sides feel like anything goes mm. i mean because there's really not such thing as a civilized war if it's war it's war yeah. i mean and and russia's pretty much adopted i think a scorched earth policy at least where they are down in the south so uh we need to continue to pray for the people there because there's a lot of believers over there there's a lot of people. Well, and pray it doesn't escalate too. I mean, I don't know if you saw this about uh, Taiwan is or not Taiwan. China's running uh, uh, ex, uh, exercises around Taiwan as the U.S. delegation uh, goes there. Obviously, uh, uh, flexing a little bit, and you know, there's a lot of fear that this uh, incident or what's going on in Ukraine is going to turn into a world war. Uh, you know, World War Three rather than just a, a regional war like it is right now. Mm. Um. Hey, I, one other story out of Philadelphia that's worth mentioning uh, to folks. And, and again, this isn't to promote fear or stoke fear in anybody. It's just to tell you that there is a growing trend now of some people impersonating police officers mm-hmm. and federal law enforcement officers. might be worth your while just to go online and see what your local law enforcement credentials look like. Mm-hmm. Um, take a look so you know. Um, and... Um, you know, I, I just, uh, there was a guy up in Philadelphia, two guys showed him something and then, uh, he let him in the house and they zip tied him. He mm-hmm. got away from his zip ties. He was able to break loose while they were going through his drawers and he had a gun in his pocket that they never took, mm-hmm. which is that right there. I ought to tell you they weren't police officers. <laughs> the first thing a police officer going to do is pat you down. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, uh, anyway, so when we come back, Hey, we are, it's, uh, it's Easter Monday, and this week, all week, we're going to be looking at what do we do with the resurrection? What difference does it really make in your life? All right, so stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker That is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are going to be looking at uh, what do we do with Easter this week, taking a break from uh, going through Acts. and we Not Easter. What do we do with the resurrection? The resurrection. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> got it wrong. <laughs> that's uh, all, you didn't get it wrong. I'm just being more specific. I got, that's yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're focusing on Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 1 through 53. You know, I, and I, there was a little bit of a play on a famous saying a, a few years ago of what difference does it make? Do you remember that saying? Uh, it was uh, actually when Hillary Clinton was testifying, and, oh. and she goes, "What difference?" Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, so basically, the bottom line is, if the resurrection doesn't impact you with the hope that it brings, that it was a reality, where everything Jesus said happened, it was true, but it doesn't impact your life. What I mean, what difference does it make for you? I mean, personally, it's if it's not impacting you, if if your world is is more concerned with your everyday circumstances that that overwhelms you with your responsibilities your priorities and everything revolves around your day-to-day rather than the spiritual directives and priorities that god has given us then the resurrection must not make any difference in your life really because it should impact our lives in a sense that we live for a different goal we live for a different value paul says his goal is what to finish the race he want he he wanted to finish the spiritual race not necessarily the life race most of us kind of come into the world and we think it's just the race of life and our goal is just to get to the end of our life to live a long life put a lot of money in a, a checking account somewhere uh, and a 401k for our kids education and our grandkids and all that but no, Paul says it's it's to know Christ and to n- know the fellowship of his suffering. 
And that's because Paul understood the resurrection after his Damascus Road experience. It made sense to him. And so today we're going to we're going to look at a passage where there were three uh, post-resurrection experiences of followers of Jesus who had been who who pretty much got discouraged. So if you're discouraged about things going on in your life, discouraged about things going on in the world, and you you just think, well, you know, Jesus, I I, I tried him, and it's just really not working out that well for me, or you're discouraged because even though you may be a believer, you just are concerned that maybe God's plan isn't good as you thought it was, then that's what we're going to be talking about today uh, from Luke 24. And I, I hopefully, uh, I hope you'll be encouraged by it because it's a very encouraging passage, very deals with our humanity. And um, so hopefully it'll be a, a, a good thing for you as we look at Luke 24 one through 53. It's kind of a long passage, actually. A lot of verses. We're not going to deal with uh, all 53 verses today. Uh, we're basically just going to look at, um, we're going to look at the uh, first 12 today. We'll look at 13 through 35 tomorrow, and then 36 through 53 on Friday or Wednesday. Uh, but as we consider Easter and Luke 24 is really the story of the first Easter. It's the it's the first resurrection. In fact, it's the the most important resurrection because Jesus was the first one truly resurrected with a glorified body, right? Because when you think about the other six people in the Bible that we know of that was resurrected, three in the Old Testament, three in the New Testament, they were not resurrected with glorified bodies. Yeah. They were resuscitated. They came back to life. It was certainly a miracle, but they all died. <laughs> Those bodies eventually died. Jesus' body did not die. The set, when he was resurrected, it was a glorified body. And so when you look at Jesus as compared to uh, other people in the world, other religious leaders throughout history, um, Jesus was without a doubt, the most unique person in history, the most unique leader in history, the most unique, most unique religious spiritual leader in history. He had uh, very unique claims that Muhammad didn't make, Buddha didn't make, you know, uh, Confucius didn't make. He uh, said he was the son of the creator God, said he was the bridge to peace with God, the, the God, the creator uh, that he was the atonement or or he was the payment for our sin. You know, throughout time, if you look back at every civilization, their view of deity was that they did not want to anger that deity. It doesn't matter whether it was the Greeks, the Romans, uh, pagan people, animist, that everybody had a fear inside of them of the deity that controlled the weather, that controlled you know, uh, forces, supernatural forces. And there was always this fear that if I offended that deity, then I had to bring some kind of payment, some kind of sacrifice. So it was an outrageous claim that the deity that Jesus said he was the son of sent Jesus as the payment for everybody's offending that holy deity. 
And he claimed to conquer death. He claimed to conquer evil in the form of Satan. He claimed he would be crucified and rise again on the third day. And so these were all outrageous claims for most people to hear. And throughout history, even today, if you talk to people, they make jokes about it. But the resurrection is in all four Gospels. It is the essential truth for our faith. We, In fact, we meet on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection, which, uh, you know, everybody believes he was resurrected on Sunday. Uh, Friday was one day, Saturday was one day, and Sunday was the third day he was resurrected. And the church started gathering on the first day of week because it was the most important event in the Christian faith. And, you know, as much as we think about the cross and we think even what Paul said, may I never boast except in the cross of Christ. Without the resurrection, the cross is nothing. It really is. He's just another guy who died. Uh, and, and in fact, if you look at Hinduism or Buddhism, there is no resurrection in those faiths. There's millions of Buddhists, millions of Hindus. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. And so as we look at the resurrection, I hope uh, it's fresh on everybody's mind that might be listening because of the messages maybe they heard over the weekend or just reflecting there was a lot of jesus movies on tv everything from the passion of christ to the 1970s version of jesus um on there uh the chosen was running a a thing all week you know about playing replaying the first two seasons and so i hope that as you think about the resurrection what difference does it make you'll think about it in your own personal life but I want you to go back to that time. Three o'clock on Friday was when he was dead. He was pronounced dead. It was the time of the evening sacrifice. It was Passover time. And as Jesus is dead on the cross, bloodied, and now a dead body, there was a guy named Joseph of Arimathea who was a member of the Sanhedrin. He wasn't only a member of the Sanhedrin. The Bible says he was a good man. He was a God-fearing man. But he had spent his whole life avoiding dead people. He had spent his whole life avoiding being defiled by anything unclean so that he could attain to this great position of the Sanhedrin. To be in the Sanhedrin was like being part of the Supreme Court of Israel. It was like it was the highest honor for a religious person to be a part of that ruling body. And he was, it says, a secret disciple. But to go and ask Pilate to take his body and put it away to keep it from being desecrated, was a, it was a career killer for him. To put that ladder up on the cross, to take his hands and touch the blood-stained hands of Jesus to pull him down with Nicodemus, They defiled themselves at Passover, which meant they couldn't take Passover, which was the most holy thing they could do as a Jew to get their forgiveness. That was the, that was a reminder of what God had done. And, and, you know, for them, they went up there and they did it because what God told them, because God had to move in them in their spirit to do it is they pretty much gave up the rest of their careers 
to bury Jesus. And what God's saying is, listen, you can't stay a secret disciple any longer. God's not going to allow it. He's saying, it's time for you to put the blood over your doorpost and let people see that you're mine. You're, you're, you're no longer part of a religious establishment. You're part of my kingdom priest because our faith isn't meant to be private. It's a very personal thing, but it's not to be private. Now, while they were doing that, the Sadducees and Pharisees were plotting. They went to Pilate and they asked for a guard because they said, this guy said he's going to be resurrected after three days. His disciples might try to steal the body. So Pilate said, hey, go put a guard on there. So we have a stone, two-ton stone that was rolled up to seal it, a Roman seal put on it, and Roman guards, anywhere from four to 16 guards were put there. And that was Friday. And now Saturday goes, Sunday comes, and on Sunday, Mary Magdalene, along with some other ladies, went back there, and the tomb was empty. It was There was nobody there. Mary Magdalene takes off running back to tell the disciples. She doesn't even stick her head in. She just sees the stone roll. Somebody's stolen his body because she's thinking about how are we going to get people to roll the stone back. She goes back to tell Peter and James. They come. Now, while she's running back, the older women who were with her get to the tomb and they have an angelic encounter. That's going to be part of what we talk about today. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to have you read 1 through 12. And we're going to talk about this question of that the angel asked him, why do you seek the living among the dead? That's really the question of today. Why do we seek the living among the dead? Are we seeking life among death? A lot of times we do. And when we come back, we're going to explore that. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Before we go, we'd like to do a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio, that was Freedom Hymn by Austin French. If you are just joining us this week, we are looking at the resurrection, looking at uh, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 53, uh, taking a break from our look at Acts to focus on this. So if you missed any of this program um, or would like to go back and listen to past programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com, excuse me, click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in just about an hour or so. Again, that's the past uh, programs link at www.swatradio.com. You know, it doesn't say when 
in the day that uh, Jesus actually left, but it, it must have been early, you know, maybe in the darkness of the morning. Um, but there was an earthquake. We know that. And um, there was an angel there and there was an angel sitting on the rock, almost in defiance of Rome. Hmm. You know, I ain't worried about your seal. I'm not worried. I mean, the angels were trembling. They fell out like dead men, which means they passed out, basically. The soldiers. No, I mean, yeah. the soldiers. Yeah, not the angels. Sorry. Um, but remember, the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out. He didn't need to have the stone. He could, He just trans- It was rolled away to let the witnesses see and come and see, go and tell. Kind of was the mandate that was given to them, right? And so... Uh, when we look at this passage today, the question I asked before we went to the break was, why do you seek the living among the dead? That's what the angel said to the women that were there. And I asked this question at SWAT this week. Do we ever seek life out among where the dead is? Do, do we seek identity in the world? Do we seek comfort in the world? Do we seek um, to have security in the world because the world is death. When we stop and think about it, the world is deteriorating. All you got to do is go look and see what's going on in Ukraine and Russia or China or wherever. I mean, my goodness, turn on the TV and see what's going on in Shanghai. You think the Mm -hmm. world's not a broken place? People are being chained in their apartment buildings and haven't had food for days killing themselves yeah yeah they're people are that they're they're distraught the world is broken it is a place of death listen if you're listening to this unless the lord comes back and draws you away in a rapture if you believe in that if you don't believe in that maybe he just comes back for the second coming regardless the next great event for believers on our prophetic timetable is the lord's coming back and until that happens, we are here as aliens. We're passing through. And um, we don't need to be seeking any kind of life from anything the world gives us. Our life comes from Jesus. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am what? The life. And so the angel says, why do you seek the living among the dead? Now, they were talking specifically, why are you looking for Jesus here? He's not dead, but I just thought that was an interesting way to think about our own life. Where are we seeking life among death? Are we seeking to find, you know, what what were they seeking? Why were they going there? Were they going there to comfort themselves just because they were going to hold on to memories of Jesus? I mean, think about it. Um, did they not believe? They obviously didn't believe when they went out there. None of the people did in these three stories we're looking at. And so I'm going to have you look uh, or read the text, 1 through 12. Then we're going to come back and we're going to look at uh, pretty much there's four truths in every gospel. So I want you to hear these truths as Taylor reads. One, in every gospel, there's an empty tomb. In every gospel, there's an angelic witness. In every gospel, there's a witness of women, by the way, all the People out there that say the Bible is anti-women and 
and you know the patriarchal thing is bad the the witnesses were women in every case they were the first ones to see the resurrected jesus and so and fourth and this is kind of a negative is the unbelief of the apostles in every every gospel account is highlighted those four things those are four truths that we're going to see and so i'm going to have taylor read it and we're going to come back and talk about the women and talk about why their witness is so important so one through 12 taylor all right but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they did not find the body of the lord jesus while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle, yeah, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes, clothes, but them by themselves, and he went home marveling at what he what had happened. This is the word of the Lord, and so Mary Magdalene. And other women were headed there again. Mary Magdalene got there first, saw the stone rolled away, ran back immediately, told the disciples. And while she's there, the other women, uh, um, uh, Mary, the mother of James, Joanna, and some other women were there. And they saw the angels. And uh, when they got there, the two angels kind of rebuked them and said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? We, We talked about that question. And then rebukes them for their bad memories and said, hey, don't you remember what he said? I mean, back in Matthew 16, Matthew 17, Matthew 20, um, Luke 9, Luke 18, Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going to have to die, and three days later I'm going to rise again. And the women were there. They, they would have heard that. They followed him. We know they followed him. And I thought about how many times in my own life, when my eyes get on my circumstances, I forget God's word. I forget his promises. I forget his truth. And tend to live a life of of really doubt. And that's not what we should be about as believers. We should not live with doubt. We should not live. doesn't mean you can't have doubts. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we should live hope-filled lives that Jesus was who he said he was, he did what he said he was going to do, and he's going to come back and do what he promised he was going to do in our lives. And so the women didn't believe it. They go back in unbelief, but they just go back to anoint the body. But keep in mind why these women were so important. How many men were at the crucifixion? that we know of in his followers anyway one only one john how many witnesses does it take to be effective in a jewish law trial 
or any kind of court of judy you know whether it's a sanhedrin or legal or civil whatever because it was all tied in one how many witnesses were required yeah, two or more two men, right? yeah. two or more so where were the men where were the men they were hiding they were in a locked room mary the mother of john mark at his house at her house in a locked room only john mark was up on calvary with mary the mother of jesus mary magdalene mary the mother of james the women saw him die but you know what else the women saw they saw him buried and they saw him resurrected they saw the angels and when mary magdalene went back and got peter and john they ran to the tomb they stuck their head in there how many angels did they see by the way two no that peter Wait. peter and john didn't oh, see any angels. I thought you were talking about the, no 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 uh, yeah, yeah. peter no. peter and john didn't see any angels right yeah, uh-huh. you ever wonder why the angels didn't appear to peter and john because they'd already appeared to the ladies well they had and it's not about some angelic apparition or some angelic message it's about evidence and the gospels go into great details about the witnesses and what happened to them and their testimony and because god wants our faith not to rest on something we see right there in front of us that requires no faith it's about evidence Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the most important aspect of Jesus' claim, that he's the life. If if he can't give us life eternal, if he is not the embodiment of life eternal, um, then the most important aspect of Christianity is null and void. Because that's his claim. His claim about being the life is about the resurrection. Remember what he said to... Uh, I think it was Martha um, when Lazarus died. I am the resurrection. Mm. She said, I believe he's going to come back. I know. I am the resurrection. So the whole basis for the credibility of the life of Christ is found in the resurrection. If Jesus did not rise from the dead and conquer death, then Christians are the biggest fool the side of heaven. I've spent the last 27 years of my life wasted telling people all over the world that it's true. My faith's useless. Your faith is useless. The whole focus of Christ's time on earth was to try to convey to people he was the Messiah and he was going to die and be resurrected. Um, there was a historian named Philip Schaff who wrote the history of the Christian church. He said, the infinite test question for Christianity is the resurrection. It's either the greatest miracle or the greatest delusion which history records. Some of this stuff is from John Mazel's little book, Is Jesus God? And so we're basically left with this question, did Jesus really rise? If so, what evidence is there? And there's usually two ways to prove something, scientifically or historically legally. And historically legally requires witness testimony and actual documents or things that would attest to it. And so physical evidence. And so... Um, you can't prove Jesus resurrected or even lived from scientific proof. Just the same way you can't prove George Washington was president that way, right? And so you have to resort to the historical legal, which witness testimony is important. So 
Is the testimony regarding the resurrection reliable? Well, we have to look at that. When we come back, we're going to delve into that a little further as we go down this rabbit hole. All right. All right. So make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more in just a moment. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at the resurrection this week, taking a little break from our general walkthrough of Acts. If you have any questions, would like to join the discussion, you can do so at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, when we left, we were talking about evidence, and there was a guy named uh, Professor Simon Greenleaf, who was a professor of law. Actually, he was the head of the department at Harvard. And he wrote a book called The Principles of Legal Evidence. And three of his students came up to him and challenged him to take his book principles of evidence. Mm and apply them to the resurrection. And he did. And he said, there's no better documented historical evidence than that for the resurrection of Jesus. He said, I'm convinced that I could uh, convince any jury in America or England that the resurrection took place based on the evidence. Uh, Frank Morrison was a British lawyer who set out to write a book disproving the resurrection and ended up writing a book affirming the resurrection called Who Moved the Stone? Same kind of deal. Um, Josh McDowell did the same thing. He wrote a book called More Than a Carpenter. Uh, A guy named Lou Wallace wrote a book called Ben-Hur. But all these men set out. Lee Strobel. uh, Lee Strobel, yeah. yeah, The Case for Christ. All of them set out to disprove the resurrection. In fact, another guy, Jay Warner Wallace, did, mm-hmm. who's been a guest on here, the same thing. Go back and listen to his testimony. Um, and so as you look at the evidence, there's three specific things that Christians and non-Christians agree on. One, 
that there was a historical Jesus, a person named Jesus who was crucified. There's extra biblical um, writings that talk about it. I mean, history books that talk about this guy. Uh, Second, there was an empty tomb. The same historical books talk about an empty tomb. The third thing was there was an Easter proclamation that he is risen. Now, when you think about what was said, who said it, and you think about the people that said it, like the Apostle Peter or Matthew or Thaddeus, Bartholomew, you know, James uh, the Less, Simon the Zealot, every one of these disciples were martyred except for John the Apostle. They all were either crucified, beaten to death, buried, thrown off a temple, burned, and they carried that on for 40-plus years of their life, being beaten, put in prison, and all this stuff before they eventually martyred. Now, I love what uh, Chuck Colson says. He says, listen, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and they proclaimed that truth for 40 years. Never once, not once in the 40 years did they deny it after they started proclaiming it. Every one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have gone through that if they knew it wasn't true. Watergate took 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and we couldn't keep alive for three weeks, he said. So you're telling me that 12, the 12 apostles kept it for 40 years? He goes, absolutely impossible. And that changed Chuck Colson's life. He became a believer, went on to found Prison Fellowship, and took that message around the world to prisons and saw more people come to Christ in those prisons as a result of that ministry. God took Chuck Colson and turned him from a skeptic to a saint who was proclaiming the words. He was a kingdom priest putting God on display. And so, again, we go back to the question, why do we seek the living among the dead? Well, I have an answer. Is because we don't remember his word. So if we ask ourselves that question, are we remembering his word? That's that's the key phrase of the text. Um, if you go into the text, what we saw, verse 24, verse 7, the angel said, Remember how he told you why he was still in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day arise. And then verse 8, and they remembered his words. And then, look what it says, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. So these ladies go back and do what kingdom priests are supposed to do, put God on display, tell his story. But notice verse 11, you read it, I'm going to go over it one more time. But these words to them seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. You go, wow. Really, Peter? Really, James? Really, John? Really, Thaddeus? Simon the Zealot? Come on, Matthew? Really? All of you guys? After he told you over and over? I mean, we only know of three times in Scripture, but I'm sure there were countless conversations that were not recorded 
because John said if we recorded everything he did and said, the world couldn't contain the books. And so after all this, Peter and John run and see an empty tomb. That's evidence, right? Then the ladies come back and say, hey, we've seen an angel that said he's risen. That's evidence. And then the ladies themselves see him and say, we've seen the resurrected Christ. And the disciples said it was an idle tale. And before we're too hard on them, let's think about our own life. Don't we do the same thing? When life gets hard, when life gets challenging, we think maybe Jesus is an idle tale. Maybe it's not real. Maybe the resurrection didn't happen. I don't know. I don't know what you think about, but I know that the angel told them, remember his words. If the angel, an angel came from the Lord to you today and said, remember his words, would you know his words? Because if you don't know the Bible, you're not going to know his words. Far too many people don't know the word of God. They don't read the word of God. They don't have time to read the word of God. Oh, but they got time to search on Facebook or search on Instagram or, you know, Pinterest or wherever else, video games, whatever. I mean, uh, if you're guys, you can watch ESPN. You can uh, do whatever you're doing that has your interest. But if the angel said, remember his words, would you even know what his words are? He said, I am going to die, and three days later I'm going to rise again. That's not all he said. He said, go make disciples. Teach them to obey all that I've commanded. He said a lot of things that we ought to know. But if the angel said to you, remember his words, what would you remember? And I just think it's a good challenge for us as we think about our own lives. Maybe we're seeking the living among the dead. Maybe we're not really seeking Jesus where we ought to seek him because we want some sign. We want God to do something for us. We treat him like an ATM machine rather than like the God he is. He says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our culture says that's too exclusive. Our culture says that's hateful. Our culture says, you know what, that there's many ways. doesn't matter what culture says. It's what Jesus says. Do you remember his words? Do you know his words? My encouragement to you is take this week post-Easter celebration and really go read the Gospels. Read Matthew. You know, read Matthew. Matthew is a great account. Then read Mark, 16 chapters in Mark. Then read Luke, 24 chapters in uh, Luke. And then read John. Read the Gospels this week. Look at what God says in his word about Jesus. I mean, it's really not that much when you stop and think about it to take some time to do that. And I think it would be time well spent. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about uh, a little bit about how <clears throat> well-attested uh, Jesus's life and, and death is. Do you know how many uh, original biographies of Alexander the Great there were? No, how many? Two. Really? Yeah, so more for Jesus. Do you know how many uh, 
copies of um, Caesar's uh, diary for his time in Gaul there are? No. Seven. I think it's seven or 11. I can't remember. And yet everybody, one. nobody doubts them. Do but they? yeah, yeah. But there's 25,000, over 25,000 uh, manuscripts of the New Testament. Um, but yeah, and yet we give the, the gospel, we give uh, the Bible extra scrutiny. And yet by any historical standard, it adds up and is attested to better than, you know, everything else that we just take for granted. And if, and if you look at when they were written, they were with, written within a generation of Christ's death, whereas some... Uh, things that we don't even question, uh, like uh, Tacitus and stuff, are like 700 years later. Yeah. That, you know, so it's... Well, yeah. the the other thing is, if you look at the four Gospels, like I said, it's about 89 chapters. Take the next month. You can read three chapters a day. I mean, take the, you know, take the, the next week. You can read 12 chapters a day. They're not long chapters, most of them. I'm just, take time to reacquaint yourself with the word of God about the son of God and and let the gospel message that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life become your salvation. That 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 is the hope of the resurrection. What does it matter? You know, well, that's what it matters. Hmm. It could be the difference between eternity with God or eternity away from God. Amen. All right. That's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual